Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have, uh, this year, um, Spirit of God uh, told us coming into this year that this was going to be our year of, of overcoming. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we have basically, Sunday services have devoted it towards, you know, just ministering concerning overcoming. And uh, in fact, let's, we'll, today we'll go to our key verse from that series uh, out of 1 John uh, chapter 5. We'll just do that real quick and pull that up, if you will. 1 John and 5. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 4. So chapter 5, verse 4. Here we go. For whatever is born of God. Everybody say whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. One translation says, even our faith. Amen. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, earlier in the chapter, earlier it says that you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So now you are of God, Amen, because you're, you're part of the household of God, the family of God. Chapter 5, again, verse 4, please. Amen. So because of that, amen, you have overcoming power on the inside, or at least you could say available unto you. Can I hear a big amen? amen. But verse uh, 4 of chapter 5 again says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So it's not really referring necessarily uh, you know, to just you. Because you're not a necessarily a whatsoever, you're a whosoever. Come on, somebody. But whatever is born of God, anything that comes out of God, out of that realm, that God realm, anything that God has given unto us, anything that God has, uh, you know, uh, has handed to you and me as children of God. Amen. Whether we're talking uh, the armor of God, the word of God, amen, the spirit of God. In fact, that's kind of what we've been talking about uh, the last few services of this series, amen. Whatever is born of God has that overcoming power on the inside of it. It's threaded in it. It's, 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 what, it's part of its DNA. Are you hearing me? So anything that comes out of God has overcoming ability. Now, the word overcome... Uh, maybe I better define that real quick. It's nikeo, which means to subdue, to conquer, to prevail, to get the victory or gain the victory. All right? And it says whatever uh, is born of God overcomes. It, it prevails. It conquers. It gains the victory. It subdues. Okay? Anything that's out of God. But then it goes on to say then that, uh, here we go, and this is the victory. Now, this word victory is the word Nike. Like Nike shoes, that's where that comes out of. And it just means triumph or the means of success, the breakthrough, or to progress. Okay? So the victory, okay, here we go. So whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory or this is the means of success or the means of progress or the means of triumph. What is it? It's your faith. So the way that you get, grab hold of that overcoming power, no matter what it is that you're, going, that you're using or that you're walking in or flowing in, it's your trust, it's your reliance, it's your dependence on it, it's you believing in it. Come on, somebody. You have to believe. How about this? You have to believe that you're an overcomer. He could tell you all day long you're an overcomer and you struggle. Ah, you ain't no overcomer. I, ain't never, I can't do that. Ain't no way I can be that. And the whole time you have the ability to walk in triumph. You have the ability to subdue, to conquer, but you're going to quench it by your own belief system. Because somewhere along the line you felt unworthy or you felt less than or you felt you couldn't do when all along the word says you can do. Come on, somebody. See, the point is, is that everything's dependent. Your means of success to gain your overcoming ability or power is going to be by your faith. Amen. You believing in it. Amen. The armor of God's only as good as you believe in. 
Armor of God's right there. It's available. But as much as you believe in it is how much you operate. Come on, somebody. Now, what we've been talking over the last few uh, services in this series is really the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, amen, out of God, comes out of God and given unto you, praise God, giving you that overcoming ability, amen, on a daily basis. But it still comes down to will you trust in it? In the Spirit of God. Will you trust in Him? Will you, will you draw, amen, uh, from the Spirit of God? Will you believe in, will you uh, have reliance and dependence on the Spirit of God or not? Are you still with me? Okay, so with that said, we have, you know, like I said, for a few weeks here, been kind of diving into this. We're going to kind of uh, take this in a little different direction today. And so what we're going to do is go to Ezekiel, please. Put that up on the board because we're going to move fairly fairly fast today. I got a lot of, a lot of ground I want to cover today. All right. So you got, you got your catchers on? Do you got ears to hear? Amen. All right. So here we go. This is Ezekiel 36. Amen. And verse 26. Amen. Maybe I better get it on mine at least. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, Jerry. Get it. All right. Hallelujah. Verse chapter 36, please. Uh, there we go. All right, here we go. Verse 26, please. says this, I will give you, this is a prophecy, speaking of things ahead. I will give you a new heart, hallelujah, and put a new spirit within you. I will take your heart of stone out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, everybody say my spirit. God talking, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. In other words, my principles, amen, my ways, you're going to walk in them. This word cause means to cause to accomplish or cause to advance. Uses words like to prepare, provide, prosper. But what it refers to is this, that with my spirit within you, you'll be empowered to do more than you normally do. Come on, somebody. You'll be able to actually walk this. You know, God never asks you to do all this in your own strength. He never asks you to do this in your own power. God is trying to empower you himself to help you do it, to help you live it, to help you walk it, praise God. Amen. So God isn't asking you to, to walk as an overcomer in your own ability and your own strength. He wants you to walk as an overcomer with His Spirit, with His ability, with His strength. Amen. With His empowerment. It's the only way it works. Otherwise, you're going to be beat up all the time. Come on, somebody. Walking in condemnation and guilt because of your, your, your mistakes or whatever it is. So anyway, with that said... Let's go back to the Gospel of John. We'll read a couple verses that we read in some of these other services, but it's going it's to be necessary. So Gospel of John, and we're going to go to chapter 14. Are you with me today? Yes. Now look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to get it all today. Okay, that sounded kind of weak. Let's try it one more time. Look at your neighbor and say, I really am going to get it all today. Hallelujah. Now you have to purpose to receive. I said you have to purpose to receive. Or I'm wasting my time and wasting your time. And I don't like to waste my time. All right? So here we go. So John 14, we're going to go to verse 16. says this. This is Jesus talking. He said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. So he's talking about this promise of the Father, uh, of the Spirit coming. All right? I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. Hallelujah. Why is he called the helper? He helps. That was deep. Huh? Now the word help, just in case uh, somebody, maybe it means comforter, uh, consoler, a supporter, an advocate, uh, an encourager. Come on. A standby or one that stands with, an intercessor, a mediator, one who'll back another one up. Amen. So he's got your back. Amen. So that's what it means. All right. So uh, he says that uh, he will give another helper and uh, that he may abide with you, remain, dwell, come on, take residence with you forever. And he explains it, the spirit of truth. So we, we know who he's talking about. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive 
Why don't they receive it? Well, because they neither see Him nor know Him. But it says, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be what? In you. Amen. Now, the world don't get it because the world don't see it. I'm going to say one more thing. Sometimes the church don't get it because the church don't see it. Come on now. Because sometimes, you know, we go along, we just live life like everybody else because we're more moved by a natural realm than we are by the, by the spirit, you know, the spirit realm. How many know there's a spirit realm? How many know there are angels? How many know there are demons? How many know there's a heaven? How many know there's a hell? How many know there's light? How many know there's dark? It's out there. So, uh, you know, we got to be more moved by the realm of the Spirit, more moved by His Word, His ways. Amen. So anyway, he said there's a Spirit. Amen. That the, the promise of the Spirit is coming and will abide with you or remain with you and in you. Praise God. Okay, chapter 16. Put this up real quick. Verse 7, a verse that we used several times in the last few weeks. Verse 7 says this, Nevertheless, this is Jesus talking, I tell you the truth. Now, if Jesus says he's telling you the truth, you think he's lying? Some of you are wondering on that one. I just I, you had a little question mark there. Okay, how many, if Jesus says that I'm going to tell you the truth, how many believe he's telling the truth? You think he's just sugarcoating it? I don't, I'm just, come on, right? So he's, here's what he says. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, right, will not come to you. But if I depart, then I will send him to you. All right? So he said it was to your advantage. Okay, now listen. The word advantage means it's, it's expedient for you. It's better for you or more profitable for you. It's beneficial for you. Somebody said, well, oh, to walk on the shores of Galilee with the Lord. Well, that would have probably been a wonderful thing. We're not going to take away from that, but Jesus said it's to your advantage. It's better for you, actually, that you're here in 2018 in Redmond, Oregon, come on, with the Spirit of God on the inside than it would have been to be back there, come on, somebody, in 33 A.D. or whatever. I don't know how, 30, 30-ish A.D., come on walking on the shores of Galilee, walking alongside Jesus. Now, that's you got to kind of chew on that. So it's better right now for you to draw on the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you because it's more advantageous, more beneficial for you. Are we still together? Okay? All right, because that's necessary. All right. Put, uh, if you will, put Luke 24 up on the board. Luke 24. All right. Hallelujah. Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? Huh? Praise the Lord. So, Luke 24. This is now after Jesus, of course, has already been has resurrected, uh, been walking with them for about a 40-day period in here before He ascended. He's getting ready now to ascend, okay? And, uh, in fact, uh, we read a little bit, a piece of this last, last week, uh, being Resurrection Sunday. All right, so I want you to hear it now in the context of what we're, where we're headed today. Thus it is written. So he said to them, this is Jesus talking, thus it is written. In other words, we, we, it's, it's been recorded for you. Now it was prophesied, all right? And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. How many believe that was necessary? How many believe that you, you, were better, you're, you have been bettered because... Goodered, you've been goodered, goodest, betters. No, I'm just saying, how many have got better because of what Jesus did in your life? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of going somewhere with this. I, I was better because I received Jesus, and the reason I could receive Jesus is because of a price that was paid. Come on, somebody. Blood was shed. There was a death. There was a burial. There was a resurrection. And that resurrection, uh, it confirmed and ratified the words the signs, the wonders, uh, the principles, everything that he spoke, everything that he did was confirmed and ratified because of a resurrection. And because of that, it made you and me better. I was, I was a person going to hell before I received Jesus. 
Receive Jesus, I'm now heaven bound. Hallelujah. Are, are we on the same page? But it didn't stop there. It said that the repentance uh, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses, ones that bear evidence okay, uh, of these things. Verse 49, behold. Okay, here we go. I send the promise of my Father upon you. In other words, hey, it's time I got to go. Remember everything that's been said. Remember everything that was prophesied. Remember everything that was spoke. Remember what God promised you. Remember all the things I said to you about a helper coming. Here we go. Get ready. It was necessary. And it's advantageous that this happens. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Everybody say upon you. Okay, upon you. Come on. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. He's told him where to go. Go to Jerusalem until you are, here we go, endued with power from on high. Endued with power from on high. The word endued means to be clothed, okay? Like, it literally means to slip into a garment, okay? So you go, you go to Jerusalem. Y'all hang out in Jerusalem. And you're going to be clothed, not too far from here, it's going to come, and you're going to be clothed with dunamis or dunamis, okay, depending on, you know, I'm, I've got to talk to somebody that knows Greek a little better than I do, they'd probably tell me I'm pronouncing it wrong. But it means miraculous power or miracle-working power or to-be-possible power or force. In other words, if you get clothed with this, no limits. That's why I said it's, it's to your advantage that I go. Because now you got something to put on here that can help you every day. All right? All right. So that you might be endued with power from on high. Amen. So how many believe that's coming? Okay, let's go to chapter 1 of Acts. Come on now. Chapter 1 of Acts. And he says, is he going to talk about the Holy Ghost today? Yes! Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so now here, here he is. They're all, they're all, they all went to Jerusalem. All right, verse 4 of chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them uh, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Okay, so now they're recalling what he said to them. Go wait for the promise of, of the Father, right? Which he said, okay, this is how he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The word baptized, there's two baptized in there. See that? Two different baptisms. Work with me or we're going to be here all day. Two different baptisms. They both the same word. They both mean to be immersed. Come on. They both mean uh, to be submerged, even uses the word overwhelmed because it all comes upon you, amen, you get immersed into something. So when you get water baptized, do you get sprinkled? Heck no, some of you get double dipped. Because man, you need it. No, you only need one dip. But anyway, the point is, what happens? You get submerged. Why, why did that happen? Well, you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And so water baptism is symbolic of a death, a burial, and a resurrection. That's what it's about. And not only did you take on, amen, uh, you know, uh, death in itself by, see, I, I've died with Christ, but I've also been resurrected with Christ. Amen. Come on. And now I, this life I now live by faith, I live by faith in the, in the Son of God, right? right? Who loved me and gave himself for me. So that was a baptism, amen. So the water baptism, in fact, uh, I believe it's in, uh, I want to say Luke, Luke 1 or Luke 5, what is it? Luke, I think it's, no, it's Mark 1, I think it is. Mark 1, I want to say around verse 8 or something like that. Um, uh, it says that John himself, John the Baptist said this, when he was getting ready to, to baptize uh, Jesus, he said, he said, I baptize you in water, but he, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Come on. So two baptisms. Look at your neighbor and say two baptisms. two baptisms. Amen. So there's a baptism with water, but then there comes a baptism with the Holy Spirit 
Amen. He said, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. And there are just some things that you don't even need to worry about. That's not what you put all your attention on. Come on. But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, everybody say upon you. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you, in other words, the person that receives the power, when the Spirit comes upon them, you shall be a witness or witnesses to me. The word witness again means one who provides evidence. Come on. It's the one who's going to provide some evidence. So they're endued with power and you're from there going to be one who provides some evidence. In other words, People are going to know that you got the Holy Ghost. And you shall be witnesses to me in Bend and in Redmond and Terrebonne and Prineville and Crooked River Ranch and Sisters, Powell Butte, Culver, Madras, Sun River. Lapine. And what? Where? Klamath Falls. What? Even Klamath Falls? Yes. What'll happen? What? And to the end of the earth. Woo! That could even be D.C. or something like that. I better leave that alone. All right. Praise the Lord. But. You shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be a witness. You're going to provide evidence everywhere you go to the ends of the earth. That's good news. Okay, say there's a promise coming. Look at your neighbor. Tell them there's a promise coming. Okay, let's, let's find the promise. Okay, chapter 2. Here we go. A promise. Here it comes. Hey, here it comes. Are you boys ready? Hey, guys, gals, ready? Hey, here comes a promise. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, uh-oh, during the feast, here we go. They were all with one accord in one place. That doesn't mean they were all driving in a Honda. Somebody says they're uh, spiritual. Anyway, right around. All right, so anyway, they were all in one accord. They were in unity. That was... All right, moving along. And suddenly there came a sound. Everybody say a sound. There came a sound... Come on, from heaven, and as a rushing mighty wind. I didn't say there was a rush. It said the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Okay, come on. Well, well last night we had sounds of a rushing mighty wind. And the night before that seemed like sounds of a rushing mighty wind. Now, I wasn't out in the wind. Because I could hear, but I knew there was wind. I could hear the sound of rushing mighty wind. So in this room, there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. All right? Okay, and it said it came from heaven. Okay? And so uh, it said, and it filled the whole house. This sound filled the whole house where they were sitting. So you can imagine, okay, they're all sitting together. And we know what, was there 120 in the room at this time? Now we know that Jesus appeared to over 500, the scripture says, during that 40-day period between the resurrection and the ascension. So I don't know, was there at one time more than 120 in there? And you know, after a few days, you know, maybe they got tired of waiting. I don't know. There were guys and gals in there, that we know, okay? Uh, all we know, there was 120, right? Okay. And they were all, here we go, filled, oh, wait, verse 3, I'm sorry, here we go, and, there, and then there, were, there appeared unto them, now, now they're seeing something, not only hearing something, now they're seeing something, and appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, in other words, like uh, uh, shafts of light, okay, appeared, now it wasn't like a little bick, bick your, flick your bick. Well, sometimes people like, you know, Got little ideas about things. But what it was, the whole room, not only filled with a sound, the glory of God filled the room. 
and shafts of light flying everywhere. And literally says that it rested upon each of them. Come on. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? So the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what happened? And they began to what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So these people were tongue talkers. Oh, my gosh. Well, Scripture talks about tongues, talks about the tongues of angels. It deals with the speaking of mysteries, talks about heavenly language, prayer language. I mean, however you want to look at it. But this is what happens. This was the beginning. This was the promise, the promise of the Father that was given to them the one that Jesus continually talked about that was coming, come on somebody, has now come. And this is what happened. Okay, So a sound, they see something, and all of a sudden now they're hearing something. Come on, now they're hearing, the, the, everybody's now praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden, man, power fills the house. Come on, somebody. Of course, we know what happens after that. They shoot out of the upper room. They go down there, and people are seeing things and hearing things. And then Brother Peter, he preaches a sermon. Come on. Hallelujah. Something happened to that boy, man. Something got a hold of him. And, man, he preaches a sermon. 3,000 people come to Jesus. Amen. I think he got power. Look at the neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, he got power. All right. Now, let's, let's work through the book of Acts a little bit here. Acts, we're still in chapter 2. Go to verse 32. Let's do this. This is in the midst of Peter's sermon. Okay. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted uh, to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise. He's talking about now we received that promise. He's talked about that promise. In fact, uh, we read that of Ezekiel and also Joel, uh, Joel chapter 2 talks about that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, okay? And he even uses that in his sermon here, all right? And he says, the promise of the Holy Spirit, amen, and he said, he poured out these which you now see and hear. Everybody say, see and hear. So they just, they saw something, they're hearing something too, right? Are we, are we good? All right. Okay, let's move down like uh, verse 38 here. Let's look at this. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That, and, and, everybody say and. And you shall receive the gift, okay, referring to a free gift. Everybody say a free gift. Okay, of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. How many know the word says he's calling everybody? So that means it's for everybody. Well, I just thought it was for the disciples. Well, we know it wasn't just for the disciples because all through the book of Acts, we're going to find out even some of these stories. He went, they went all over the place. It was anybody that would receive it. Are you still with me? Okay. Come on now. Let's go to chapter, uh, let's go to chapter 8. Chapter 8, all right? In the book of Acts, chapter 8. Let's go like verse 5, okay? Verse 5, what we have is Philip. Everybody say Philip. All right, now Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now Philip, uh, also, uh, we just the chapter before talks about a guy named Stephen. Uh, this chapter is talking about a man named Philip. And uh, both these guys were men that the disciples put in charge of. Really, uh, they, were, they were like deacons. They were uh, men that were going to serve uh, at a capacity to help the body. But they also went off and did signs, wonders, and miracles. Because the power of God was on them too. It doesn't matter what capacity you're serving. You can still be a witness, one that provides evidence, moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah. It ain't just for preacher folk. Still with me? Amen. I guess if you want to get technical, we're all preachers. With the ministry of reconciliation. All right? Just saying. All right, let's, uh, we'll come down here because a little deal happened with a man named Simon here. But we'll come down here to verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay? Everybody say baptized. In other words, they received Christ, didn't they? 
Then Simon himself also believed. You know, he had a transformation. He gets a breakthrough. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed at seeing the miracles and the signs that were done. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John there, all right, to them, who when they got or had come down there, uh, they prayed for them. Here we go, that they, here we go, that they might, what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so what happened then? They laid their hands on them. Amen. So a few times here we see where they laid hands on them. Amen. And they received the Holy Spirit. All right. Two different, two different things going on here. Two different occurrences. Two different experiences. We know by the Word of God that when somebody receives Christ, they get born again. The Spirit of God comes and resides on the inside. Amen. Well, does that mean I have to pray in the Holy Ghost to, to go to heaven? No, you got the Holy Ghost. But what you need is another baptism. Amen. Because it's help. Everybody say help. help. Everybody say I need to help her. Amen. Now, the Spirit of God is always there, always trying to lead, always trying to show you things, always trying. But, man, something else begins to happen when you get this other baptism, and the Spirit comes up. Pawn. Endued and clothed with power from on high. It's a whole different ball game. Amen. I ain't doing that again. You get it, right? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So. Two different things, two different baptisms. Here it is, chapter 10. Let's go there real quick, chapter 10. You still with me? Yeah. All right, chapter 10, verse 44. All right, while Peter was speaking these words, this, of course, is at Cornelius' house. This really is, they're ministering to a Gentile household, and this Gentile household gets the power of God. Amen. We have us something going on here. Verse 44, while Peter was speaking, uh, still speaking uh, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. He didn't even have to lay hands on this group. Man, he's like, whoa, just like, whoo, kind of like the upper room thing. Woo! And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Everybody, and there's all the, you know, all the Jews were looking to go and, Look what God's doing even with the Gentiles. Oh, my goodness, right? Those of the circumcision who believe were astonished as many as came to Peter because the gift, everybody say gift. Yeah. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. <gasps> For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who just received the Holy Spirit? In other words, they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost before they even got water baptized. I don't think the Holy Ghost really is really moved by all that. As long as you get them both, it'd be good, right? Come on now. So they received, uh, pardon me, let's see, uh, uh, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have, and He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked Him uh, to stay a few days. Praise the Lord. Well, I bet so. It's a whole new ball game. So all these Gentiles now are filled with the Holy Ghost. So now it's a, a whole new ball game. All right? Let's go to chapter... Um, I put chapter 19. Let's do chapter 19. Um, let's go like verse 1. Okay, now this is Paul in the mix here now. You doing okay? Yeah. Hallelujah. And it happened that while Paulos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, uh, came to Ephesus, okay, and finding some disciples there, okay. And he said to them, hey, uh, did you guys receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, uh, what? We have not as much as heard whether there's a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So, you know, he's hearing that these people are, you know, they're talking about, you know, the Lord and things. But, uh, you know, okay, okay, what, 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 where are you at right now with what's going on in your life? And so they said, well, we're, you know, we were baptized into John's baptism. In other words, a baptism of water. Amen. 
of, of remission of sins. And then Paul said, uh, John, so this Paul talking, John indeed baptized with water of repentance, saying to the people that uh, they should believe on Him, talking about Jesus, who would come after Him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name uh, of the Lord Jesus. Okay, so water baptism. Now, it's a whole different kind of baptism, right? And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. A lot going on. Man, just think about this. Okay, well, all we have ever heard is just really the teaching of John the Baptist. And now all this stuff he said is already all manifested. And now, so we receive that. And then, hey, while we're here, let's get it all done and get you filled with the Holy Ghost too. Amen. You might as well get the full meal deal. I like the full meal deal. Anybody else? Amen. I think every time I talk about that, that's, I, I, I always get the full meal deal if I can. If they're offering it, I get it. Somebody says, do you eat it all? It uh, doesn't matter. I offer it, I'll, I'll order it anyway because I don't like to walk away with leaving something on the table. Give me all I got. I said, give me all you got. Praise God. So we're talking about here now, uh, again, two distinct ex experiences happening here, two different baptisms. All right, let's back up. We're going to talk a little bit about this, this guy named Paul for a few minutes, uh, chapter 9. So we'll go back here now where Paul had his uh, conversion. Um, now, Paul was already serving God and thought that he was doing God a favor by killing Christians. Come on. And, of course, he had this road to Damascus experience. Bright light shines. Now he's talking to the Lord. And uh, due to that bright light, you know, however that all went, but he, he's now he can't see. He's got scales over his eyes, can't see because of the bright light. And he was told by the Lord, you're going to go to town and somebody's going to pray for you. And you're going to find out all the great things that you're called to do for me. Amen. So Paul agreed to that, of course. What else is he going to do, right? So it was quite a, quite a deal. And uh, so anyway, while he's heading toward town, a man named Ananias was told by the Lord, amen, that you're going to be used by me to pray for somebody named Paul. And this Ananias said, uh, the Paul, the one we all know about, this Saul guy, you know, that killing people, Saul, yeah, you want me to go near him, yeah, and you're going to pray for him. And you're going to reveal, in other words, I already said, I'm going to reveal to him all the things I'm going to use him for. And so Ananias said, okay, here we go, right? So Ananias, verse 17, went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, talking about Saul there, later named Paul, of course. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, I love this, Brother Saul, and now he's brother. Brother from a different mother. Amen. All right. Moving right along. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me and that, look at this, and that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this man, Paul, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on now. We know it was uh, speaking in other tongues because he went from there ministering to others to get uh, receive. We know in the 1 Corinthians 14, he said, I pray that, you're all, uh, that you all receive the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues. And he said, he said also in that 1 Corinthians 14, I, 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 I'm grateful and glad that I pray in tongues more than y'all. Amen. So Paul was a tongue talker. Amen. And so wherever he went, he'd minister the baptism of the Holy Ghost right along with salvation. Come on, somebody as part of the package. Are you still with me? Yep. All right. Are you still glad you came out? Yeah. All right. So with that said, I want to talk a little bit about this thing called tongues. All right. Praying in the Spirit. The tongue of angels. All right. And we'll, we'll wrap this up uh, with, with this today. And so praying in the Spirit, praise God. Amen. So uh, go with me back to Acts 2 and verse 4, please. Put that on the board. Hallelujah. Acts 2 and verse 4. So what I want to do here is maybe just give some, some reasons for why we pray in the Spirit. Because the, the Spirit of God is there to help. Now, 
this here, uh, not only am I going to give an opportunity for somebody that, that maybe has not been baptized the Holy Ghost that would like to have that, we'll pray with you today, um, but I want those who've already been filled with the Holy Ghost to listen up. Because I get amazed at how many people fill with the Holy Ghost and never use the help that's being offered. And we're overwhelmed with everything going on. The whole time you got overcoming power on the inside. And we're being beat up and ransacked by the enemy. The whole time you got, you got man, endowment of power. Hulk. Well, that's maybe not a great example, but but a transformation. I mean, if you could see yourself in the spirit, you might think, "Hey, looking pretty good." Probably got abs in the spirit. Well, we hope so. Maybe some people got, maybe they don't. I don't know, but yeah, in the spirit, we ought to be. Amen. A lot of people filled with the Holy Ghost never use the Holy Ghost. They think the only time they can use it is when the church and when the pastor is praying the Holy Ghost. Okay. Or when they go to a prayer meeting. You should pray in the Spirit every day. And there's reasons for it. All right? So, praise the Lord. So, chapter 2, verse 4 says this. Again, we read this earlier. We'll read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Everybody say they spoke. Spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All right? The Spirit's giving utterance. Okay? They're yielding to it, and the Spirit's giving them utterance. Amen. It's how it works. It still works that way today. It's no different. All right? Still happens the same way. Praise God. Amen. You yield to the Spirit. How many know the Spirit is a gentleman? How many know the Father is a gentleman? They never force himself on anybody, even though some people try to say that. He doesn't force himself on nobody. He only comes on those who are willing, those who are yielded, those who accept it. Amen. He comes where he's welcomed. Stop and think about it for a minute. If the Holy Ghost could just force his way on anybody, we'd all be serving God. We'd all be fervent in spirit. We'd all come to church. We'd all over the planet would be serving God, and chances are we'd probably all be gone to heaven now, praise the Lord, dancing on streets of gold, if the Holy Ghost could force it His way on you. How many made a mistake in the last week? What did you do? No, no, no. <laughs> we all made mistakes, right? We probably, you know, that attitude or that little thing we did, maybe we shot something out of our mouth, went... <clears throat> You know, whatever, all kinds of stuff we did, and that Spirit of God was just kind of there the whole time. He didn't say, stop it, pull you down, put a knee, you know, into your chest and say, you're going to do what's right. No, that ain't how it works. Spirit of God's always just kind of right there. Come on, somebody. And when you realize, you go, oh, what have I done? Lord, forgive me. The Spirit of God goes right here. Come on. Amen. But he didn't stop you because you had a choice. But when you yield to the Spirit of God, amen, he gives utterance, praise God, and you can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, praise God, amen. Give me, um, let's see here, what did I give you for a reference? Mark 16, okay, just because we're, you know, just part of some of the benefit of this. Part of, really what it is, it, the first one I want to kind of bring out is the fact that it's a sign I mean, of, of the Spirit of God, you know, of what actually happened. These signs will follow those who believe. Any believers in the house? Okay, they will cast out demons, uh, and it says here, and they will speak with new tongues. So if you're a believer, amen, then this is available for you. Now, again, we're not saying that if you don't have the Holy Ghost that you're less than or that you are, you know, not going to heaven or some kind of thing like that. We're just saying that there is more. You can, have, you can be endued with power, praise God, amen, that's available, praise God, amen. And we're also saying, remember, that even those who have got the baptism of the Holy Ghost still have to exercise it. But if you're a believer, that's one of the signs. 
Come on now, that ought to be one of those signs that flows through us. So every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, it is a sign to you that you believe in an almighty God. Amen. In the Spirit of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the whole time you're praying in the Spirit, praise God, you're aware of the fact, amen, that you have, amen, really God at work. Amen. Um, let's go to uh, the next one. Uh, put up, uh, let's see here. Uh, what did I give you? I think the next one I think I put up is talking about spiritual edification. Okay. When you pray in the Spirit, amen, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, thank you, says this, that he speaks, he who speaks, in a tongue, what happens? He edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. Now, the word prophecy, talking about flowing in the gifts of the Spirit and doing it before the body and doing it. And when you're prophesying, Spirit, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, could be a tongue and interpretation here. Amen. But when you prophesy, it's a different ballgame. In front of the whole church, it edifies the church. But he's talking about, first, the tongue. If you'll pray in the Spirit, if you'll speak in tongues, amen, it'll edify yourself. Okay, that's the, uh, the point being made in this text. All right, so uh, what it means to edify, okay? The word edify, we get our word edifice, which means something being built or built up, like a, 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 like a structure or something being built up. But it means uh, to construct, to embolden, uh, to, or to encourage. It also means to confirm. So things being confirmed, uh, best way to maybe word that would be uh, or define that would be uh, the Spirit of God's there to kind of help cross-check or verify things, okay? So when you're praying in the Spirit and being edified, the Spirit of God the whole time is working things on the inside, lining things up, praise God, and helping you. And it also means to charge up, amen, like a battery charger to a battery. So every time you pray in the Spirit of God, you begin to edify yourself, all right? Put uh, Jude uh, verse 20, please, on that board, if you will. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. See, it starts building you up. It starts charging you up. It starts helping you. It starts bringing everything in divine order and alignment, praise God, because you're praying in the Spirit, amen. It begins to edify, to build something on the inside of you, amen. Amen. And you're sitting over here struggling. How am I going to put this together? How am I going to do this? How am I going to? I just understand all this is going on. Pray in the Holy Ghost. He'll show you what to do. He's a helper. Amen. Wants to help you. All right. But, you know, we go along and we just, well, we're so used to doing everything in our own strength and our own power. How am I going to fix this? Spirit of God, God, please, no more you. We're in this mess because of you, right? In most cases, amen. Not Maybe not all of them, but in most cases. So the Spirit of God's there to help. So not only is it an initial sign showing you the Spirit of God, uh, you know, as that work, but it also is for spiritual edification, praise God. Uh, another one here, John 14. We read this one earlier. We'll read it again, John 14. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and he just kind of brings another point here. Uh, verse 16 and 17, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, right, that He may well, abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He, will, for he dwells with you and will be what? In you. So one of the reasons that, you know, just when you think about it, when you start praying in the Spirit of God, all of a sudden it's, it's, pre, it's awareness of presence, it's amazing. You know, I, I've had people say, well, you know, you talk about presence, being in the presence of God. How do you get there? I don't understand all that. You know, well, I, one quick way of doing it is not the only way, but one quick way to start moving you toward presence is start praying the Spirit of God. You know, you just start praying the Spirit, and, and you just, just sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't have to, you know, you don't have to always do, you know, all the talking, you know. Let's let the Spirit of God do something here. So let Him give you utterance and just start praying the Spirit. And what happens is it's like, it's like another, it just starts get, making you aware of presence, making you aware that the Spirit's within. It makes you aware of the, the, uh, the Spirit's help. Praise God. And so you just begin to do that. You'd be amazed how you can start settling down. Come on, somebody. Not get so worked up about some things. Amen. So uh, not only uh, the, of God's working, but of God's presence within, amen, spiritual edification, praise God. Let's, let's look at another one here. I love this one, praise God, Romans 8, 
Amen. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Just about every sermon I ever preach, I bet I could find a verse in Romans 8 to fit it somehow. Well, this one definitely fits. Romans 8. Okay. <clears throat> so part of praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, is, is praying God's will. Amen. And praying for the unknown. Come on now. Are you with me? Are you glad you came out? I'm glad you came out. Now, I, I want everybody to have an ear to hear. Because if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, then you've got to remember what you got. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, then maybe we've got to get you something. Amen? So here's one of the benefits of praying in the Spirit. Verse 26 of Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit. The Spirit helps in our weaknesses. That word weakness just means frailty or inabilities. Okay, and it actually literally means an inability to produce a result. Okay, so we're going along, and maybe we're we're up against something. We don't know how to do it. What are we going to do? How are we going to fix this? What are we going to how how what what where what all that kind of stuff? All the questions are starting, and you're feeling an inability to produce any kind of results in something. It says, "For we do not know what we should pray." Look at this. We do not know what we should pray for. We know how to pray, but maybe we don't know what to pray. You ever been there? All seven of you. Let's try that again. You ever been there? You're going along. You're up against something. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray, you know. Well, the Spirit of God is there to help. All right. So, amen. What you should pray for is you ought. Amen. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So He's interceding on behalf of us, and it says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Greek word there is alitos, A-L-A-L-E-T-O-S, I think it is. Alalitos, there it is. And it just means inarticulate speech or in a known tongue. So what he's saying is, he's talking about tongues. He's talking about making intercession with groanings that come out that are not in articulate speech in your own known tongue. Okay, so he says you start praying in the Spirit. Verse 27. Now remember, the one that wrote this is also the one that says, I wish y'all were filled with the Holy Ghost, prayed another tongue. Amen? Come on now. He goes on to say, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. In other words, he knows what needs to be prayed. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. Man, sometimes just to read praying the Holy Ghost just because I know for one thing, the will of God's being prayed. If I don't know what to pray, I just start praying in the Holy Ghost. And man, I just know the Spirit of God is just leading and saying and doing and praying what needs to be prayed. The will of God's being prayed out. And little by little, the Spirit of God, as you get into this, as you, as you use the help, as you get benefited from the help that's being offered you. Amen. As you begin to do that, the Spirit of God begins to give you words, give you a verse, give you something to declare, show you things, give you an interpretation so you know what's being declared and what's being prayed. Come on, somebody. He'll work right alongside you, praise God. But He's there to help you when you don't know what to do. Which can be often. Come on, next verse. We all know that, and we know. Everybody say, and. and. So it's still connected. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And a lot of times that verse, we use that, we pull that out, and the whole thing in context, He's connecting it with praying in the Spirit of God, for the Spirit of God's praying the will of God, amen, and putting things in divine order, moving things, working things, doing things, come on. And the whole idea, what is it doing? Praise God, putting everything into where it needs to be. Everything coming together for good, praise God, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Why? Because the Spirit of God is making intercession for you and for me, praise God. Amen. Are you hearing me today? See, sometimes just praying the Spirit, it's all about you know, praying the perfect will of God and praying for the unknown things. Amen. Let's look at another one here. Let's, we'll, let me wrap it up with some of this here. Go back to Luke 24. Put that up on there, if you will. Luke 24, verse 49 again. Okay. 
because just some of the things we said earlier, but just kind of the benefits of praying in the Spirit. All right, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Now, how many know you don't have to tarry anymore? The Spirit of God already came, because if, if you had to tarry, then you also have to go to Jerusalem. Just a thought I'm having, because a lot of people teach that you have to tarry for it. You don't have to tarry for it. It's here already. See, there's nobody else that has to go to Jerusalem to get it. Terry means to wait. For those of you who say, what does Terry mean? Okay, it means to wait. So you have to go wait in the city of Jerusalem. That's what he told them to do. Well, they did. The Spirit came. They shot out of that upper room and walked with power. Amen. And it says, uh, uh, but until you are endued with power from on high. Everybody say power. power. Okay, one of the, the last benefit we're going to talk about is definitely what we've been uh, seeing here today is the reason we pray in the Holy Ghost. Power. I want Power. Amen. I need power right now. I'm depleted. I don't have. I need power. So what do you got to pray in the Holy Ghost? Oh, I just, I just. It's overcoming power. You want to overcome? Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, people don't understand it. There's a lot of things people don't understand. <laughs> but I'm not going to be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I go into a lot of places, do a lot of things, and I'm very grateful for the power. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I don't have to fear. I don't have to panic about stuff. Come on, somebody. I don't have to when something's going on in the family or something going on with the church. Amen. Even though things, maybe we, why is this, why that, how come this? It doesn't matter. I don't have to worry. All I do is just pray in the Holy Ghost because all I know as far as I'm concerned, i got to walk with some power. That's right. And you got to walk with power. And you got to walk with power. And you got to walk. You too, Amy. you got to walk with power. Rick, power. Power. Power, Jackie. Power. John, yeah. Power. Okay, so power. One of the main reasons for the Holy Ghost, power. Endued with power from on high. <laughs> yeah. All right, Acts 1. Put that one. We, we read it too, but I read it again. Here we go. Acts 1 and 8. Acts 1 and 8. Here we go. Eight, uh, verse 8, please. Not, not 18. Verse 8. Sorry. Did I write it wrong? I might have wrote it wrong. Sorry about that. Verse 8. Anyway, it says this. Praise God. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Everybody say power. Amen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall then be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and again, as we said, Redmond, Bend, all, amen, all of them. Witness, one who provides evidence. Somebody said, well, I, I, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I, I, I'm not a, much of a witness. Are you praying in the Spirit? Well, I do once in a while. Then do it every day. There's no limit. You don't have to, somebody said, well, if... If I pray in the Holy Ghost every day, they'll think I'm spiritually weird. They already do. Because you come here to church. Oh, you're one of those. Listen, you, you're, you're a Holy Ghost person. You don't have to be ashamed of it. I mean, you pray in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because there's power. And there's no limit. You could pray. You could pray all the time if you want. Amen. Now, Paul put down some guidelines about while you're in, in an assembly and how it operates and how it should and shouldn't work. Amen. But when it comes time to your daily prayer life, you ought, to, you ought to do it every day. You ought to do it in the morning. Praise God. Oh, I'm not much of a morning person. You pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll be a morning person. You might be amazed at what it does in you. I mean, it might resurrect that body. Come on, somebody. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I put one more reference with this, and I put uh, back to John 14, and I want to read a couple extra verses on this thing. Um, for surely, this is Jesus talking, for surely I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, now this is Jesus talking. Okay, now, does anybody believe in Jesus? Yeah. All right, now listen, okay, we're believers, right? That's the sign. Come on, we're believers. Okay, okay, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Yeah. The, what? Oh. Yeah. Uh, and then he blows, he says, and greater works. 
than these he will do. And everybody tries to try to dissect that in their head. Does that mean like, like actually bigger miracles or does it mean just more of them? Or maybe it just means that there's more of us, so there's more miracle. I, whatever. <laughs> All right, whatever. All I know is that the works that he does, we can do, and greater works of these are, are of these uh, or than these he will do because, oh, because, because, because I go to my father. Whoa, 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 breaks, dude. No, because I'm going to the father. Because he's still talking, right? Verse 13, here we go. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the father may be glorified in the son. Amen, right? These are, this is part of a, look at that. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That's like huge. I mean, it'd take you a month just to figure that one out. Because it'll take the first 28, 29 days to get through your unbelief. Anything? Was Jesus making up stories? No. Verse 15, here we go. And if you love me, keep my commandments. Utterances, that's what it means. So when I speak and I lead, if you love me, then follow me. But he's not asking you to do it on your own. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Praise God. Why can you do the greater works? Because the Spirit's there to help. He's not asking you to do it on your own. He's not telling you that this is only something that you can do, and if you don't get it, he says, listen, I'm here right, to hold your hand through it all, to walk you through it all, to lead you in the midst of it all. Amen. When God's leading, you'd be amazed at, at the success you have. Because, listen, when the Spirit of God's leading, I mean, you're not off doing something other than what you should be doing. You know, I mean, you think about even all the things, you know, I remember, uh, you know, uh, one of the stories, I never really got to it, but uh, John, uh, pardon me, Acts, I believe it's chapter 16, Paul is, you know, he's out there, man, he's going to go win the world for Jesus. So it's like, come on, guys, get in the boat, let's go! The Spirit of God goes, no. Right? Get thee behind me, Satan. No, it was the Holy Ghost. The Word says, the Holy Ghost said, I don't want you going there. Oh, that's got to be from the devil. Because God wants us to go into all the world as he leads. So you want success? You want the greater works? You said, I didn't do anything unless I... Saw the Father do it. I didn't say anything else. I heard the Father say it. And I only said what I was supposed to say. And I only went where I was supposed to go. I only prayed for who I was supposed to pray for. And as a result, of it, he walked in success. And the Spirit of God wants to be there to help you do the same thing. Amen. To help you, lead you, guide you. So Paul turns the boat because of the fact that he just knows I'm going to go wherever I can. He turned the boat a little bit, headed to another city. And the Spirit of God again says, no. So then he had to talk to him in a dream that night because he's such a gung-ho guy. He said, listen, this is where I want you to go. And he gave him a vision of where he was supposed to go. And the word says, by the Spirit, he got a leading. And he got up that day, praise God, and said, I know exactly where to turn the boat, boys. So let's turn it this way. Come on, let's go. We got it. We're on mission now. Amen. Praise God. And as a result, it had great success. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, how many want to get filled with the Holy Ghost today? Anybody? seeing no hands up. Let's try that again. How many want to get filled with the Holy Ghost? Right here's one. Anybody else? Couple over here. Anybody else? One back there. Praise God. One oh, right here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. One back there. Praise the Lord. One back there. I'm hoping maybe you're just back there. Okay. All right. Got you. All right. Just thought she was maybe stretching. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, let's, let's do this thing. Amen. Let's get you baptizing the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on now. So 
Let's, uh, those that raise their hand, if you don't mind, we're not, again, we're not here to embarrass anybody. That's not our intention. Our intention is just to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of us in the house here, uh, we, this is the way we got filled, you know. Now, I, I don't think I got, I don't think mine, I've received mine. I know you didn't receive yours by the laying on of hands. Something was poured out on you just supernaturally, right? You know, I think I was in a car driving fast. And she was praying in the tongues and it hit me in the car. Hallelujah. No, I don't know. But, uh, uh, but I, I didn't necessarily receive by the laying on of hands, but a lot of folks in here receive. How many received by somebody laying hands on you? See, there you go. See, we got a lot of folks that, that, that stood in a place like this. Somebody laid hands on them and they received. Amen. So I, I'm just going to ask those that raised their hand, if you come on up here, if you don't mind, come on up here real quick. And we're going to pray with you. Amen. And I'm going to have my elders come on up here too. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.